Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. So this morning we're going to do something. Uh, we've been The last couple weeks we've been sharing some things, and I'm going to recruit Ryan, or Ryland. I just called my son Ryan. Um, Rylan, and so those of you who are watching with us online, I apologize if you feel like you're on a roller coaster this morning, but he's going to turn the camera as people answer, and we're going to actually, I'm going to ask them to turn the lights up in the back. Um, I want us to share this morning, um, some of you, to share with me a time that someone encouraged you. Um, tell me about it. So let's, let's go. Um, Jeremy, will you take the microphone around? Yeah. Okay. So share with me a time, maybe it's something that you needed, something that, you know, it was unexpected encouragement. I don't, I'm not sure what that is, but stand and share. Who will go first? Not everybody at once. No one's ever been encouraged. Lots of encouragement happening here. Wow. I know. Oh, look at that. Mark, thank you. Uh, So just in general, uh, there's no one specific time, but these two who are sitting right next to me, uh, I grew up with. I've known them since uh, I've, I've been alive. And just all throughout my life, I've had these two to encourage me uh, both in uh, school, in uh, athletics, in anything I wanted to pursue. So I just want to say I've had these two guys to encourage me every step of the way from uh, the moment I was born to, to now. So That's yeah, awesome. Sweet. I bet you, you guys have some good stories to share. And maybe we shouldn't share all of them. <laughs> I was at a pretty dark place after um, the loss of my husband of 31 years and and you know, those places when you lose someone, they're never filled, but people come and make new places. And and one late night, I get a little text from this guy from college that says, I know what you're going through. If you ever need an ear or somebody who can take it, you can be mad, you can say ugly things, you can, whatever, I get it. I've been there too. And, uh, and they lived happily ever after. Love it. Aww. That's awesome. Anybody else? A time that someone has encouraged you? Just in the last couple of days. On Thursday and Friday, uh, Jim and I helped give out food to about 250 carloads of people. And we were whipped. We were so tired. And uh, went home and went to bed that night. (laughs) And then Saturday, we needed to go back down to the food ministry to get food for the kids to make highway bags. But before I could get David, our food director, texted to ask if we could get the food, he was texting us to say, you guys all right? I know you're really tired. And can I, how can I pray for you? And this young man, was we were just there from 12 o'clock till about 4 o'clock. He was started at 5.30 Friday morning, wow. meeting a truck that came in with a shipment from 
Walmart distribution center, and he was there until late that night, yeah. praying with people and giving out food. And it was just really neat. I wish you all would pray for the food ministry. Those people do so much without thanks, yes. and it's really a cool thing. One more little thing. I got a text this morning on the way to church from Nancy Kern, and I was so thrilled to hear from Nancy. She said that she was on her way, but that she just got really, really down on her back. She couldn't. She said, I was already, I was heartbroken that I couldn't be with you guys. Please keep praying for me. So that was so encouraging. Awesome. Um, I suffer from <coughs> imposter syndrome a lot. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, um, I feel like I'm not good enough to do the things that I'm doing. So uh, I'll just share three quick ones because there's too many encouragement stories. And that's why I was taking so long to think <laughs> of them. <coughs> um, I'm about to be a new dad. And so I get, I get uh, encouragement a lot. Um, Jeremy and Christy have done a lot of encouragement for us. Uh, last weekend we were at uh, Jess and Andy Barnard's house and uh, we got to sit down and talk and they were talking about how we were going to be great parents and I don't feel like that that's true. <laughs> we'll see. Um, uh, my wife encourages me every day. Um, right now I've, I've in, I'm in that season of life. I'm um, running my own business. I'm um, a full-time student, and I'm about to be a father, so that's a pretty busy life, and uh, I don't think that I'm doing a good job most days, and she tells me that I am. Uh, finally, um, when I started my business um, five or six months ago now, uh, I felt like, man, I'm not professional enough to be doing the things that I'm doing. Um, can I really you know, pump out the quality that people expect? And uh, the guys that I used to work for who are in the same uh, kind of field um, were incredibly encouraging. Man, you can do this. You're one of the most professional people I know. Um, you got this. So I receive a lot of encouragement, and it's great. I need it. Love it. Anybody else, the time someone encouraged you? Just remember, Mama's always right. Yeah. Yep. So... <laughs> When I was a teenager and suffering from chronic health problems that were pretty isolating and left me feeling alone a lot, every time I would go to church, there was an older gentleman who would make a point of looking me in the eye and asking me how I was doing, and he wanted a real answer. And he would hold my hands and he would say, I'm praying for you. And from him, that meant something. And there was an older lady who did the exact same thing. And she would give me a hug and she would tell me that she was praying for me. And sometimes when you hear that, it means about as much as when most people ask you how you're doing. Yeah. For them, they really wanted to know and I knew they were praying. And even though my health didn't change, they really affected how I went through my week. And they made it worth going to church. That's awesome.
sorry, I have the microphone again. <laughs> um, but um, so at the end of this past year, um, I lost a lot of, I mean, just like all of us, we lost a lot of opportunities, but unfortunately they weren't to COVID. They were kind of more personal reasons. And I was feeling really down about who I was as, as a vocalist, who I was as, as a person. Um, and some of you know, um, I got the chance to go to New York for a few weeks this summer. And I was kind of expecting, there's, there's, a, there's, the, there's a concept that you know, New York would be very negative or I'd get torn down a lot. Um, but the place that I got to go um, only encouraged me and I've never felt more lifted up than I did than I have right now. And so now I'm going into things and I'm knowing that it's not really about how talented I am at things or how good at things I am. It's about, you know, the situation of like, am I solving their problem? Um, and that really, they, they helped me change my perspective on, you know, just like the whole idea of being good enough for things and that it's not really about being good enough because that's been something that I've struggle with my whole life is being good enough for things. Um, so I feel like I'm enough just as I am right now. And that has been really encouraging. Yeah. Love it. Thank you. Um, kind of piggybacking off of uh, Jordan just becoming um, a new parent. You all are so encouraging. Um, and I may not express that all the time, but just being here with you all, and we need that constantly, and our family just really appreciates it, so. All right, one more, all right. Okay, I'm not gonna stand. But <laughs> my freshman year, I, it was the night before a singing contest, my very first ever singing contest. And I busted out in tears, crying, because I was afraid I was tone deaf. And my mom was like, you're not tone deaf. And I said, but tone deaf people don't know if they're tone deaf. And I was like crying, because I was like, if I'm tone deaf, I just don't know it. <laughs> um, but my mom encouraged me, and she's like, Emma, I would tell you if you were tone deaf. And then the next day I went on and won the contest. But still, I was terrified I was actually tone deaf. <laughs> so. Love it. All right. So I love hearing how people have been encouraged throughout their lives. Um, this week, I want to share, well, actually, one, I, somebody came to my mind this morning. Uh, her name was Cindy Swanson. And uh, there's some friends here from Rockford. I don't even know if you guys know that name. But um, Cindy worked at the Christian radio station in Rockford, Illinois. And she worked with my dad, who was in radio sales for years. And I remember Jeremy and I had been married for a, a handful of years. We had moved to Michigan. I had probably not seen Cindy in eight years. And I got a message one morning from Cindy, and she said, I, I don't know if you remember me. I, of course, knew who she was. She said, but I just want you to know that I woke up in the middle of the night feeling like God needed me, said I needed to wake up and pray for you. And uh, I don't, something had happened that night before, and I remember just sitting there in tears, like, how did she know that she was supposed to get up and pray for me? Like, it just blows me away when someone says something like that, and you're like, at that moment, it's, it is, it's a moment of, I needed that. 
And I just, I love seeing how God works in our lives when, when people encourage us or when we encourage others. A couple things I saw this week. Um, I was sitting at Trevecca with students while Jeremy taught this week, and I loved seeing a couple of our college students holding an envelope with a little card in it from Brandy. And they're like, look what I got. Like, they were so excited to get their mail, y'all. Um, it doesn't take much, right? It takes you a few minutes to write them that note and drop it in the mail. But the fact that she took the time made a difference in the life of some of our college students this week, and that was really cool to see. And then the other one has been um, Pastor Theo from, he's a youth pastor up in Lebanon, right? Somewhere up there? That's what I thought. He's, but it's in Lebanon? Mount Juliet, there we go. All right, Pastor, he's from up somewhere north of here. Um, but Pastor Theo was at camp with our teens this summer, and he, hand, or he wrote every one of our teens a letter after camp. And I don't just mean every one of our real-life teens. I mean every kid that went to camp this summer is getting a letter from Pastor Theo. I love that. And it's intentional. It is not the same letter. I loved a couple of our kids actually checked each other's letters to see if it was the same. And they're like, whoa, like it was actually different. Like he really wanted to connect with our teens. And he got home from camp and he said, I just feel like God told me, write our teens. Write them a letter. And that, that is a labor of love, y'all. That's like 150, 175 teenagers that he's writing notes to. But that does not go unheard in the life of those teenagers, that note of encouragement. So this morning we're going to look at some scripture about what it means to be that person, right? Now, sometimes you hear that phrase and you're like, oh, you're that guy. Or, oh, they're that girl. Mm, okay, we're reclaiming that term today, right? Like, it is not all that one. No, it's be that guy or be that lady. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 4.18, it is weird for me to be right here because I cannot look at the screen right there, but... You can see me on the screen today. So, 1 Thessalonians 4.18. So encourage each other with these words. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing. Hebrews 10.19-24. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. In that passage, it talks about um, holding to the hope that we affirm. Um, we're going to talk some more about this as we get going, but sometimes when life is stressful, it is hard to hold on to that hope that we affirm, but we get to keep trusting his promise. God says he's going to care for us. God says he's going to take care of us hold on to that and motivate each other to acts of love and good works. Romans 5 or 15, 1 through 7. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. 
For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you who can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given the glory. This is the word of God, and we all say together, thank you, Jesus. I read that passage a couple times. Um, live in harmony with each other. Hmm. And then I open social media, and I pull up a news feed, and I listen to conversations, and I think that right now we grieve the heart of Christ when it talks about living in harmony with each other. John 16 tells us that we're going to have trouble in this world, but the good news there is that he's already overcome the world, right? So we hold on to that hope, and that is that even though I struggle, like Elle said, right, her, her physical illness did not go away, but that, that man taking time to encourage her gave her the will to carry on, right? The will to keep doing life. That's what this is saying. We're still going to have trouble. We are not exempt from trouble. Whoever coined the term, get saved, it'll all be better, needs to meet grandma's paddle. But that is so not true, right? Like, we are not guaranteed that we're not going to struggle. That is a lie, a lie, a lie. Because the reality is we are. We live in a broken world full of sin. And so we're not going to struggle. But the good news that we, that hope that we affirm is that God promises. He's like, I've already overcome this. I've already conquered that. Sin steals joy. Bodies break down. Plans fall apart. Dreams die. Resolves weaken. Perspectives dim. But in these moments, that's when we hold on to that hope that we profess. And friends, in these moments when look around you right now, I guarantee you know someone who sin has stolen their joy, their body is broken, their plans have fallen apart, their dreams have died, their resolve has weakened, and their perspective has dimmed. You know these people. And you might be one of these people. And you know what? We have got to encourage one another in the midst of these moments. We need each other. We can't do this thing called life alone. We are called as the church to do this together. We have got to be a source of encouragement. Encouragement needs to go beyond things like, Norman Cox, you make the best biscuits on the planet Earth. It's truth. We know that, right? Like, we can all claim that. But it goes further into, Norman, how are you really doing? I know it's easy on Sunday morning, and we're all guilty of this, to being like, how are you doing? And going beyond that, right, L? Like, meaning deeper, like really, how are you doing? 
It can be easy for us to want to give a quick answer, especially on a Sunday morning, but can I encourage us to take some more time with each other? Encouragement is shared with the hopes um, that it'll lift someone's heart toward the Lord. It points out evidences of grace in that person's life to help them see that God is using them. It points a person to God's promise that assures them that all they face, God's got it. God's got their back. Um, encouragement was a regular part of the early church. Acts 13, 15 says, if you have any encouraging word for the people, come and give it. Okay. Acts 16, 14, Paul and Silas met with the believers and encouraged them once more. This was a part of the life of the church um, as Paul preached and went from church to church encouraging them. He didn't just encourage them, no. He'd come to them and say, y'all are messing this one up. I'm sure he used y'all. Um, <laughs> but he, he wasn't afraid to lay it out for the people. And in the process, he's like, God has called us to more. God has called us to love one another, to encourage one another, to lift each other up. We need to get back to the life of the early church. I just said there, if you have a word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. You'd be thinking about that right now. You'll see in just a little bit. You, my friends, have weathered the storm here at Real Life. Um, we were just talking about this just this morning before church. It's been almost two years since Jeremy and I, actually it has been two years since we came down here and interviewed, but almost two years since we moved here. In the last few years, church, you have navigated the transition of a pastor leaving, the addition of a new church family coming, you've navigated people moving away and to other places, you have navigated, navigated the ever-changing rhythms that COVID has dealt us. You have navigated illness, hospitalization, surgery, death, loss of jobs, changing of schools, and so much more. You have been through a lot, and some of you feel like you're barely holding on around here. You're wondering if this thing is still worth it. But I want to encourage you today, hang in there. Hold on to that hope of the assurance that Christ has given us, friends. Don't give up. Don't walk away. Don't pull away. Dig your feet back in. Pull in. God's got more. He's not done. He's not done. Philippians 1.6 says, I am certain, I am certain that God who began a good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I feel like we need to say this verse right now every time we are together. I am certain that the God who began a work in you, my friends, is not done. The God who began a good work in real life is not done. It's not done. The, the work that began here around 2003-ish, mm, God's still working. God's still doing some things. So how do you become an encourager? The first thing I want to say this is it can be hard to encourage when you don't know the struggles of another person. Uh, one of the number one questions that Jeremy and I get 
in ministry, and I think this has been a question the whole time we've been in ministry is, hey, how's so-and-so? Hey, how's so-and-so? And a lot of times we will redirect and say, send them a message and ask them. Because we may know, but the reality is I want you to know. I want you to know how each other are. I want you to care for each other. So yeah, I might fill you in on some things that we know, but I'm, there's a lot of times I'm going to say, hey, send them a message. Check in with them. They'd love to hear from you. So if there's a question in your mind about, hey, I haven't seen so-and-so in a while, man, send them a message. Be that source of encouragement that they need. So how do you do it? First of all, you pray for the heart. Ask God to give you a heart for others and then teach you how to show it. It's one thing to have his heart, but we got to know how to show it. Number two, check out Barnabas. Anybody ever heard of Barnabas? I just like his name. Have you, has anyone, does anyone know a Barnabas in real life right now? Okay, I didn't think so. Anyway, uh, random thoughts from a pastor in the middle of her sermon. Um, okay, so check out Barnabas. He is also known as, I love this, what his name means. And this is why I think someone should name their child Barnabas today. Maybe some of them having a, a boy in the next year, have name your child Barnabas, okay? Um, it means the son of encouragement. What a name. Son of encouragement. That's the kind of guy you want to be like. He didn't just cheer people on. He wanted to see the church flourish, and he did all that he could to make it happen. And we need to ask God to make us and to make our church more like Barnabas. Sons and daughters of encouragement. Number three, make encouragement a daily discipline. How many of you have ever started an exercise routine and know that if you don't stick with it, you're going to fail? Raise your hand. How, actually, just how many of you have ever started an exercise routine and then failed miserably? Okay. Be honest. Yeah, some of you whatever, but um, <laughs> how many of you have started another routine? Okay, New Year's resolution. You've said, I'm going to do this every day this year and failed it. Raise your hand. Has anyone stuck to it? Okay. No, I love it. No, don't be ashamed. <laughs> you should be up here teaching this part on discipline then, right? But make it a daily discipline. Habits and discipline take practice. A habit of encouragement is no different. Send a note, send a text, send an email, make a phone call. But here's what I will say about that. Set a reminder in your phone. Put it on your mirror in lipstick. I don't care what you need to do. Just say, text so-and-so. Call so-and-so. If you have to, put it in your planner, then do it. I have made a habit, and I try, and I don't do it as often as I think. In fact, somebody just walked in this morning, and I thought, oh, I did not message them yesterday when I thought I should. I have started, when I think of someone, to stop and pray for them and send a message. So if I tell you I'm praying for you, I mean it. I've stopped right there, and I'm doing it. But to stop and actually send that message. I don't know what's going on often. But if God tells me to stop, then I'm doing it. So discipline takes time and practice. And that's something that I am working on in my own life. Number four, pray for the who. And I don't mean Horton, here's a who. Ask God to show you who to encourage. Uh, we have this program around here called Elvanto. If you are not familiar with Elvanto, then you need to go through Sarah's School of Elvanto. Um, because all the information you now, right? She's clat. Do you hear that, people? She's cheering for that one. Um, all that you need, everyone's contact information is in there. 
So if there's someone from the church that you want to contact, man, get into Elvanto and find that info and send them a message. Beckett agrees. Did you hear that? Man, from the mouths of babes, right there, Beckett is in agreement with us. Okay, so use Elvanto. Um, use social media. That is another place that I love as I'm reading through to stop and pray. Um, Lynn Strickland, who we prayed for this morning, I, she is the mom of a sweet mate of Jace at Trevecca. But I have been following her story. I shared it a bunch this week in prayer for her and told her, Lynn, we are still praying for you. This morning I sent her a message after I read her post today. Be that source of encouragement to people. Use social media. Um, go through your contacts on your phone. All right, God, who do you want, to, who do you want me to stop and, and send a message to today? Number five, use scripture. Share a verse with someone. If you're not sure what to share and you're like, oh, this person's going through grief, Google Bible verses on grief. Thank goodness for Google. Because when, you know, when I was younger, it was like, go find a book from the library, look up the scripture, then go to the Bible and find the scripture. Like, it was a lot more difficult. Now, you got it at the touch of your hands. Pull up Google, type in grief. You're going to get 4,000 verses, maybe not that many, but a lot of verses on grief. Pick a verse and send it to that person. Share a devotional that you read. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was on my way to church, and I was listening, I had been listening to a worship set on my way to church, and there was a song, and I was listening to that song, and um, I, I sent it to a friend, and I said, hey, I'm just thinking of you today. This song is so fitting for where you're at right now. Um, stop and do those kinds of things. I will say this. One of the things I want to say about scripture and songs and devotionals, don't be so set on hearing for someone else that you miss a message that God might have for you in what you're reading and seeing and hearing. Because it can be easy, and, how, and maybe I, I'm not even gonna make you raise your hand because you might not want to admit it. It can be easy to sit through a sermon and go, oh man, so-and-so needs to hear this. All the while, God's going, I'm talking to you. Okay, so be careful that you're not so focused on them that you're missing what God might have to say to you. But use scripture, share it with a friend, it's great. Love it. Number six, here's a selfish one. Encourage your pastors. I don't know if you know this, but Mondays are the number one days for pastors to quit their job. Um, I'm serious. I'm not quitting my job. I'm just saying. It's the number one days. My son's laughing right now. Like, <laughs> Anyway, um, Mondays are the number one days for pastors to quit their jobs. Sundays can take a toll on pastors. Many pastors go home completely feeling defeated and like what they do doesn't matter. And this isn't just pastors in a church where things are wrong. This is pastors, I mean, we've seen them, pastors of, of big churches that have committed suicide because they just can't take it. So be an encouragement to your pastors. Tell your staff about a song that moves you, something from a sermon. I will say this, you are a great group of people to share with us things that stand out to you from the sermons. Um, a lesson that spoke to your kids, some kind of ministry around here that has mattered to you, share those kinds of things. Encourage your pastors. Number seven, pray for a real life, and I, I like our name, and we've been talking about this a lot this week. We talked it last night with Josh and Mark about our name, real life. 
and what our name means. And we're going to talk some more about that in the next couple of weeks. But pray for a real-life culture of encouragement. And, what, and I don't just mean, um, like, real life is capitalized there because that's our church name. But you could make it lowercase and, like, be real. We all live real life seven days a week. A real-life culture of encouragement in all that we do, not just what happens within the walls of real life. Ask God to make ours a community that loves each other through encouragement. Don't be discouraged, though, if people don't respond right away. Creating a church culture that glorifies God takes time, prayer, and an abundance of grace. But keep at it. Hebrews 25 or 10:25 says, "And not, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his drawing or his return is drawing near." Hang in there, friends. We're getting ready to start a, a new session of group life. I highly encourage you to check out the groups that are listed on that sheet and plug into one of those groups. Maybe it's been a couple years that you since you have plugged into a group, but friends, we need each other. We need each other now more than we did before this pandemic. We've got some great group offerings that are happening, and I would love to see you plug into those. And if you're like, I don't see one, but I'd really love a group on this, like Sarah said, come on, let's start it. This morning, um, we're going to prepare to receive communion together. Um, and, and encourage one another. But before we do that, I, I told you a little bit ago that I have an opportunity for you, and that is that I want you to give a word of encouragement to the church this morning. You know that verse back there calls, it says, let me go back, sorry. If you have a word of encouragement for the people, give it. So Jeremy's going to take the microphone back around again. Ryland's going to turn that screen around so those who are online with us can see, be a part of this. He's my mobile cameraman this morning. Who in here has a word of encouragement that you could share this morning that maybe somebody sitting in here needs to hear? I'm a preacher's kid, so it, you know, this never gets old, I guess. My, my, uh, my word of encouragement kind of piggybacks off of the, the sermon. Um, this phrase has probably been rephrased by this particular individual, but Albert Einstein said a, a statement that I've uh, loved all my life, and it says, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And I think this morning we can look at that twofold. I think one, personally and individually, when we're going through difficulty, I think we need to see past the difficulty to the opportunity that lies in the midst of that. And whether that's the opportunity that draws us closer to Christ, whether that's the opportunity that draws us closer to another individual, um, whatever that opportunity is, I think it, uh, it gives us an opportunity to grow. Um, and sometimes there's some difficult conversations that have to happen within the midst of that difficulty, right, in, in personal lives. Um, and then I think the second level of that is in the midst of difficulty lies opportunity to affect someone else. Um, 
you know, we are all a part of Real Life Community Church, right? We're all a part of the Church of the Nazarene. We're all a part of, you know, the city of Murfreesboro, state of Tennessee, United States of America. And I find sometimes that um, it's not, it's kind of flip-flop the way it should be. Our love for Christ should be what draws us together as individuals, right? And sometimes it's other things that draw us closer than our our uh, our spiritual connection, you know, whether it's, you know, football teams. I mean, unfortunately, I do not like Alabama, but I love Aaron, you know. <laughs> but it's those things. Sometimes I think we lose perspective, and it's the fact that Jesus Christ is, he's, he's the head of our lives, and that should draw us closer. And, and I say that because I know it's difficult sometimes to take the opportunity to speak truth into someone's life because it's uncomfortable. But if we're living real life, that's what it takes, right? It takes sometimes having that uncomfortable conversation with someone, um, whether it's, you know, you opening up to them or whether, you know, kind of putting your thumb in their back and saying, hey, you know, let's, let's work on this. Um, so I would encourage you to take those opportunities in the middle of difficulties. Um, I can't speak highly enough what an impact that it has. This past week, my family dealt with some personal difficulty. And I don't know if you guys remember a couple weeks back that video that we watched of the dude falling down the steps and landing on that guy. And that guy was kind of, you know, upset, but he looked at him and said, hey, that was pretty fun. You want to do that again? And his whole little monologue was about how our perspective should affect how we view things and not necessarily what happens should change our perspective. Does that make sense? And so this this week we experienced some difficulty um, and personally God allowed my perspective not to be changed because of that difficulty and he allowed some people to speak truth into that difficulty for me and for my family. And uh, so I would encourage you that when you feel that nudging or when you feel, hey, I need to do this or uh, I need to be a part of that or I need to insert myself there or hey, I need help, speak truth into that difficulty. Take the opportunity and utilize that to make change. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, go Irish. <laughs> we still love you, Jamie. Uh, anybody else? Jen. Um, so this is kind of piggybacking off of what you said. One thing that has helped me personally on changing my perspective, because I tend to be a really, really busy, fast-paced, sometimes anxious person, um, and the way that I was able to change, or that God was able to change my perspective was by actually budgeting in some quiet time. So I was saying the right things, I was coming to church, but I wasn't like really feeling how to let go and let God and, and to change that perspective until I started every single day, even sometimes if it's just five minutes where I'm just sitting and being completely quiet, not checking social media, not listening to music, just being completely quiet. And anxiety has gone down like tremendously just from that. And it's opened up more time for more devotionals and more time with God that if I miss it, like I completely different day just from skipping those. I mean, we're talking five minutes. And it's amazing how if I don't start the day with that, there's not enough time. Like, even if it's an hour either way, if I don't start with that, I'm somehow running out of time, and I just skip it, and the whole rest of the day is thrown off. So that's my encouragement is just make it first thing in the morning, first five minutes, even before you get out of bed, just a couple prayers, a couple thank yous, and that's all. Thank you. 
So I've struggled with a lot of different things in my life, physical health, mental health, um, different challenges that a lot of people deal with. And I live in a culture that, or I come from a culture that was very, we don't share the hard things. Um, and I struggled and I learned how to be honest with my life. And a lot of it goes back to those two people who genuinely cared. And because they cared, I knew that was a thing. And I knew that that was necessary. And I knew that people needed to learn how to do that more. Yeah. And so I started being honest, even if it made people uncomfortable. Because I think they needed to be uncomfortable. And the biggest thing I learned was you're not alone. Mm -hmm. It does not matter what you're going through. It really doesn't. However alone you think you are, you're not. And so, like Jamie said, we need to speak truth to each other. We need to trust each other. And if your faith is in God, and if your comfort comes from God, and your peace comes from God, trust him to put the people in your life that will help you through, because you're not alone. Yeah. And every time, every time I have opened my mouth to tell the truth, it was either to somebody who had something to say to me that I needed to hear, or to somebody who needed to know wow. they weren't alone either. Amen. You know, I said, oh, Craig, you got something? Okay. Church, I want to encourage you this morning <coughs> that you're seen and that you're valued. I heard one time that people go through so many um, things that get in their way to make it to church on Sunday morning because the enemy just throws every little thing in their tracks. And so when I look at this room, I don't, I, I know that you think that you can just hide in, in your Sunday morning front, but I see what you're coming from. And I see your story behind you. And for some of you, I even see what you went through this morning. And you're all victors because you made it here today. So I want you to know that this is real life. And I want to encourage you to be 100% real. And if that means you're here sobbing on a Sunday morning, and after the service you're with three or four other people who just kind of have to hold you up, let's do that. But don't ever, ever feel like this is a place where you have to come with a front or that you can't come because you can't be real. Right. Just show up. Right. So we talk about honesty and we talk about truth. And uh, I think we can change the culture, right, of being encouragers. Craig. Mm. 
So I was thinking about the uh, life groups coming up. And years ago, when we first started attending the life group, we got blessed to be in the Bloom Life Group. We, Callie and I, were remarried and really didn't know how to have uh, a God-based marriage. And we needed some direction. And obviously, we knew how to screw a marriage up. We didn't know how to stay in one. So we were hoping to get some help from the folks in the church. And uh, we really just showed up with the intent of just learning and just getting something from the group. Come to find out with Jamie as our leader, the group needed us as much as we needed them. Mm -hmm. So my encouragement is, uh, regardless of what your circumstance may be, take a risk and try something and, and participate in the life group because you may contribute more to that group than what you actually get out of it. Well, if if I didn't think I'd pull a muscle, I'd be doing cheerleading kicks up here right now. Like that, just preach that. Woo, love it. Okay, so we can change the culture of encouragement, friends. We, you know, I said earlier, I feel like Christ, the heart of Christ has been grieved with our Christian culture lately. Because I'd like to say it's Christian culture lately. And man, the things that I see on social media, I just, it grieves my heart. And I just want to challenge us what if we become that source of encouragement that people need? What if we become that source of truth that people need? Yesterday morning, or yesterday afternoon, we were on our way home and grabbing something. We'd been up here doing some work and ran home, drove through McDonald's parking, or McDonald's to get Rylan something. And when we pulled up to the drive through window, we... Jeremy gave the gentleman the money. We pulled up to the next window, and Jeremy was like, he was like the nicest drive through window guy I've seen in a long time, because we all know there's not enough right now, and they're pretty stressed out when they're working. And so we get up to the next window, and he says to the lady, says, here's your, uh, your meal. And she says, would you like anything else? He said, actually, I'd like to talk to the manager for a minute. And you could almost see her go, like turn around. And the lady walks up to the window, and she goes, yeah. And Jeremy goes, I just wanted to say that the guy at the last window was amazing. And she goes, oh, I thought it was a complaint, another complaint. And we were like, no, we just wanted to encourage you that he's doing a really good job back there. And she's like, oh, like walked away like, I can do it. <laughs> Small words can change a person's day. So this week, my challenge to you, is to be that guy and be that girl. Be the one that rather than people going, oh, that guy is such a jerk. Don't be afraid to be like, man, that guy like compliments everyone he sees. Or that lady is constantly talking to people and asking how she can help them. Um, I read a quote that says, a stranger somewhere still remembers you because you were kind when no one else was. Stand with me. This week as you go, it is my hope and my prayer that you will speak positivity instead of negativity. That you will speak hope and life and truth into the lives of everyone you encounter. That God will put people in your path this week that you will know they're the one you're supposed to encourage. And that as you become a blessing to them, that you will be blessed in return. Church, have a great week.
and I will see you next Sunday morning. Don't miss the next three weeks. We're starting to reveal some fun stuff. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.